Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Allison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. Our celebration of Women's History Month continues. We kicked it off with Joan Jett, Sheryl Crow, and Willow. And we are keeping it strong today with my guest, TV personality, fitness guru, and entrepreneur, Jillian Michaels. I have been a fan of Jillian's for ages as I have always wanted to motivate and inspire people to be their best. We talk about overcoming her recent life-altering injury, being vulnerable through adversity, how music is the language of the universe, her love of vintage t-shirts, and how both Madonna and Sharon Stone changed her life in a monumental way. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice, new music, you need to know. It all starts now. Jillian, you you look amazing, by the way. I have to tell you, like you are all your hair, your hair, best hair. <laughs> game. My hair today. It's actually amazing. So, today's not a great hair day, but I'll take no, but it. I I'll like take- it. See the side yeah, swoop? I the, I, look. I got the Donald yeah. Trump comb over. Yours <laughs> doesn't look Trumpian. Like my <laughs> wife is like, why? I'm like, it's not on purpose. It just depends where it's parting that day. She's like, babe, you gotta go fix it. But it's like, as the day goes on, I like, it's anyway. Thank I you. love it. Thank you very much. I'm gonna it. let her know that, that yeah. you were pro the, the Trump swoop. So thank you. <laughs> First of all, how are you feeling? Because I know that you just came forward with this horrible accident that you went through that you've been dealing with. I'm actually great now. And the truth of the matter is that this is a year in the rear view for Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Um, I was hurt in 21 and I was much, 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 much better by spring of 22. So it was a full year. Um, But I'm the kind of person that deals with whatever is happening myself with close friends. And then later we'll share the story because I'll usually give it a meaning and then say like, okay, what am I taking away from this? What have I learned? How can I share this information to help other people not go through the shit that I went through where it went south, right? Just just extrapolate it down to kind of like, this is what works. This is what doesn't. Um, and it, plus, when you're, when you're dealing with something that is potentially career ending, mm-hmm. like you don't really want to put that in the world until you know exactly what's going on. So we, as a company, we were in the middle of a lot of different conversations that had to stop. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that we had a meeting with Echelon and dude, I could not, they don't even know to this day. I could not fucking walk. Like I, I could barely stand Ugh. and we had to drive down. I'm in the car, my business partner's car. And I'm like, tears are streaming down my face. And we're talking about potentially uh, merging the fitness app, our app with Echelon it was a conversation. It was like, oh, Jill could come on and be you know, the tip of the spear and run content for you guys and help with this, this, this. This could be a great partnership and all this shit. I'm supposed to walk in and tell them I'm going to reinvent their content. I'm going to do X, Y, I'm going to I can't You can't even walk. walk. So we get there early enough so I can sit down, right? So I'm sitting down and I'm like, I'm barely holding it together. And they all walk in and I, I stand up. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I, I just, so sorry yesterday. And oh, oh my God. We got out. We had to leave the meeting um, and get up from the table while they were still sitting there. And I was freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to walk to the fucking door. I somehow managed to get around the corner and collapse behind the hallway. And my business partner had to carry me out the back door. And I was like, gee, I don't know what, like, what the fuck are we going to do? And then he's like, okay, we're going to shut this down for now. I didn't do any press. I went completely dark for a full year. And everyone's like, where have you been? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just moved to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> just keeping a low profile right now. Yeah. I literally could, I couldn't, could not move, couldn't walk, couldn't stand. And it took me a full year to find out what was wrong, 
get through the acute phase of the injury and then rehabilitate my spine um, with the help of uh, several people. But one in particular is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Stuart McGill. He's, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, one of the foremost spine experts in the world. I, I don't think I would be where I am right now wow. without him. But now it's a year in the rear view. And now that I can tell the story where it has a happy ending and I can give people the right advice and give them hope and help them, should it happen to them or help them prevent it from happening to them, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to, you know, now we can talk about it because it's not so scary. But when you don't know how it's going to end. You don't know how it's going to end. You're in physical pain and you're not sure how it's going to affect your entire career and all of these business deals that you have on the table. Yeah. I mean, that's horrifying. I'm so glad that you were on the mend. I mean, I can only imagine during this time mentally also, how did you stay sane and grounded and positive as much as you could? Honestly, I can't tell you that I was a hundred percent. You know, I, I would love to tell you that I, um, Oh, I found the meaning and I, you know, I just, I like, I, I was, okay. I was listening to this gentleman the other day named Roland Griffith. Do you know who this guy is? I don't. You got to look into this guy. He's incredible. Okay. So he is one of the foremost researchers in psychedelics at John Hopkins. And then there's Matt Johnson, who's also amazing. And they're using psychedelics to treat everything from, you know, helping people quit smoking to PTSD to all this shit. Helping people with stage four cancer deal with, with you know, life-ending death, like the fear of it. Mm-hmm. He gets diagnosed with stage four cancer. And this is what he helped people deal with um, in his career in 2016. This whole study was psilocybin. And I'm listening to him talk uh, in this three-hour interview. And the guy, Allison, had never heard anything like it. He's dying of stage four cancer. And he's like... Very real. He's not deluded. He's like, I'm you know, dealing with this and I'm contending with that, but I, I'm excited for this. And I'm a little afraid of that. But I thought to myself, I'm not that person. Wow. I'm not, mama. I'm not the person in the middle of the back injury that's speaking to you that way. I'm not. Right. Which is another reason that I don't share when I'm in the midst of a crisis because I'm, I'm not mentally 100%. I was extremely depressed, extremely scared. And I remember understanding, and I, I want to be clear that I, I'm very lucky to not have um, any predisposition towards mental illness or mm-hmm. depression or uh, bipolar, nothing. I, I'm very lucky that way. Situational depression, yes, I've experienced, like I think most, most people have mm-hmm. through a divorce or the loss of a loved one. Um, but I understood for the first time after probably six months of being in so like when I say pain, I nothing took the pain away. It was like you would go into the nighttime where it would get so much worse. And it would feel like I was going into a torture chamber and I would just sob Aww. and freak out. And I was like, I'm never gonna be able to have sex with my wife again. I'm never gonna be able to be a mom again. I can't get off the fucking floor. I can't take my kids to school. I can't go to their soccer games. I, I'm never going to have a career again. I'm never going to be okay again. And you start to realize that when the quality of your life is that diminished, you can understand. And I'm not advocating for this. I'm just saying you can understand why someone would say, I don't, I can't do this. Like this, yeah. I can't do. There's no quality of life. I don't want to live like this. And there were moments where I was like, this doesn't get better. Like I can't, I don't know how one continues like the christopher reeve story yeah holy shit i how how did he do it i don't think i could have done it allison i'm being honest and i i I would love to lie to you i don't think i could have done it so i was like in my mind am i gonna walk again or am i not gonna walk again Mm -hmm. so let me see where this ends up and then i can determine how i'm gonna manage it I go from there. So I'm a year after how it ended up. And from this is my always my best place of like, okay, things went wrong here, here, and here. If it does for you, it's best to manage it in the following ways. But mentally, I, I was not okay. And um, it took real time and a lot of help 
from my wife, a few very close friends, my business partner, uh, my acupuncturist. I would literally just go cry on this guy's table mm-hmm. for an, for however long. I can't even remember how long the treatments were, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't even know because I would just sob on his table with needles in my back. And um, and Dr. McGill and a few other people that that helped me along the way. Without them, I, I don't know where I, I don't know if I would have gotten through it as well as I as I have. So I'd love to tell you I handled like a fucking champ. I did not. Did not handle it like a champ. I, ironically, it's almost more inspiring to hear this because I feel like most people can relate to this. You know, I mean, really, very few people can 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 embrace chronic pain and, and terrible situations with with a with a mental fortitude of positivity at all times. You know, so it shows that you're human, and for someone who is such a symbol of strength and empowerment as yourself, to know that you're human and that it's difficult for you too. God. Almost makes it more relatable. I feel like you felt like a fraud, though. Like I, I at that moment, you feel like you're a fraud because you feel like you should be handling it that way. Mm-hmm. First of all, you feel like you should never have been injured because you're like, How? Right. Oh, well, no, no. Like I don't have this injury, and then it's like, oh, if she's really you know so good at her job, how'd she get injured? And it's like, well, didn't you just fall? Wasn't like an accidental fall, like a fall, dude? I straight up fell in the bathroom. And uh, I went running in to tell Dee something, my, you know, to Shannon, my wife. And uh, I slipped on the bathroom floor Ugh. and I, I went fully horizontal in the air. And as I went running in, the floor was wet. I slipped and kind of t- twisted in midair to come oh down my God. with the side of my back on the bathtub. And not the, like the, obviously L3, L4, L4, yes. L5, L5S1. And I, without realizing it at the time, fractured my spine. It was like a banana peel. You were like airborne. Yes. Like, yeah. Like straight up out of a Garfield cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And, I mean, straight up. And you're doing all the whole, you know, it reminded me of, uh, I always say, like, have you ever seen that Ellen DeGeneres skit where she talks about running into a glass window? Yeah. And she's like, have you ever run into it? And she's like, oh, I have. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Because I didn't realize. You think about all those stories of Gloria Estefan in a hospital bed after mm-hmm. she breaks her back. You don't realize that that's like you severed your spine in a massive car accident. Fracturing your spine, you will still get up and walk around. Which is ridiculous because I owned a sports medicine facility. So you would think that I would have put that together. But in my mind, I, I've never even broken a bone. Yeah. It was the most bizarre. So. I was sore. I felt pain, but I didn't understand what had happened. And then obviously as time went on, it got worse and it was managed in all the wrong ways and ended up in a trip to the emergency room and a year long recovery. You're really inspiring me because I also have, I have like an L5 S1 herniation and I'm postpartum. So I'm also in that place where like, when you are so physical, like we both are, it's brutal when you can't even do basic human function or movements. It's really humbling and, and you're like, you're actually not bionic as you, as we all think we are. We're actually not. We have to be mindful. But the silver lining for me has been, because I was always intensity, 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 you know, so yeah. such high stakes. But now I have found um, meditation in walking. W- walking was always like, oh, whatever. I revere walking now. I revere going for a walk or a hike. So and I. that's become medicine. That's been medicinal for me, actually. It's like that. It's the sa- same thing with music, how music is yep. medicine. Movement is medicine. When done 100%. mindfully. And when you have the two together, my two pillars, fitness and music, like there's no better combination. Music is a whole separate conversation. I, I, I could, that's, do you ever, do you ever, um, 
ever study string, not study per se, because neither of us are physicists, but or cosmologists, but have you ever read anything about string theory? No. Okay. The argument I believe is that the tiniest particles in the universe, these tiny, 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 tiny little strings, and the way that they express themselves is through vibration. And ultimately, that's what makes everything work, blah, blah, blah. Long and the short of it is, I also believe Pythagoras said that the universe is music. And if you mm-hmm. think about string theory, it's, it is actually music. Music would yes. be the yes. language of the universe. I, of course, have no musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> I was like, I'm <laughs> not keeping this gift. I really, like, that's a sad story, dude. To, to love music and not be able to play an instrument, not be able to sing at all. I can't even dance. That's what a tragedy. <laughs> right? It's like this unrequited love. It's severe. However, however, um, it has moved me so deeply. You could be a music lover. I'm a music lover. So much so yeah. that I, I believe that there is strong evidence to suggest that music is the universal language of the universe. How about that shit? Bet you didn't see that coming today. <laughs> I subscribe to that. I subscribe to that. What role does music play for you in your fitness? Like, cause like music is a major. Oh, that's everything. It is everything. I, I was, uh, so much so that, um, we were actually supposed to do like a guest ride, uh, for somebody. And I backed out because they could not get the rights to the music. Really? It's crazy. They're like, oh my God, dude, it was so bad. I'm not joking. They, well, because, because what happens is, I guess, the rights to, it's not live. You would, you'd air it and sync it to video so that it could be streamed. And the rights for that are so complicated that I got a list of 19 songs and I, I'm like, I can't just, I love no. that. I, 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 I I can't. But first of all, the tempo doesn't change. How am I supposed to climb to tech? I'm like, this doesn't work. Thank you for understanding. It has to be in tune with the music. I don't understand. Uh, We can't do not only like we need to be jogging. We need to be recovering. We need to be climbing. We need to be sprinting. We need to be like, no, I can't work with it. And then I'm trying to tell a story. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I know exactly what story I want to tell with the music, right? Like at the like the second to last song I want to be Don't Go Yet with Major Lazer and Camilla Cabello. Yes! Like, not over yet! And then it's like, what message do I want to send them off with on the last song? You know, I, don't, I, want, I want Ray Charles and Hit the Road Jack. Like, when we're opening it up. Like, we're hitting. I'm telling a fucking story with this workout. Love that. And it, I, I couldn't get the music. I was like, nah, I can't do it. Like, it's <laughs> a musical journey. It had to be. By the way, I have to show you something <laughs> yeah. really funny. So I, my two TV aspirations have always been Ryan Seacrest and Jillian Michaels because oh my, God, my two, because awesome. my two pillars are music and fitness. And you taught um, a flywheel class like 10 years ago. And here we are together. Oh my God. Look, look at you making me look bad there, you little shit. That is so funny. I loved it. You were so amazing. How was the music? The music was on point. I remember it was so good. (laughs) And then, and then one other funny story to share with you Uh, around the same time, I guess this is like nine or 10 years ago. I auditioned to be one of the backup people in one of your DVDs. I did. I did. I did. Kendall or Andrea? Yes, it was Kendall. It was Kendall. And I was like, oh my God. Um, it was it was an it was an honor to be to be part of the routine. It didn't work out, but it was hilarious. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But my point was I wanted to show I have been a fan for uh, a long time. But um so sweet. You know what how awful that is, right? Because they don't do so people would always give me shit and they're like, why don't you have more realistic women in the background? And I was like, you know what? Here's the answer to your fucking question. Because these athletes do every workout on your DVD twice. It's intense. It was intense. It was intense. So if there's four 20 minute workouts, they're doing all four twice in one day. It was hardcore. You find me a regular one. I can't do it. By the way, that is where AMRAP came from. And anybody who tells you that it isn't is a fucking liar. So as many reps as possible yeah. came from 30 days shred, which was like 20 years ago at this point, because I could not talk 
and keep track of reps. So I created AMRAPs and everyone's like, oh, it's in CrossFit. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Oh, (laughs) snap. I did not know that. My incompetence as a professional. That's where that shit comes from. (laughs) I swear to God. You're like, like, I was so exhausted. I had to create an acronym. Yeah. So shitty at it. I like, I could not keep track of the reps and teach at the same time. So Kendall would have a 30, we created 30 seconds, 30 second intervals. And he would be like, okay, the 30 second, you know, he'd go like this behind the camera, like wrap it up. And that's why, by the way, some of them go on for 40 seconds. Some go on for 30 seconds. Wait, that is <laughs> amazing. You'd be like, wrap it up, wrap it up. Uh, but that is why we are not counting reps. In any of my workouts, because I am oh so bad. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, there's a little behind the scenes gem for you. I love that. <laughs> Another thing I really want to give you credit for is, you know, I love your Instagram posts. I love your pearls of wisdom with fitness and nutrition. But you know, I'm always checking out your t-shirts. You have a strong music t-shirt game range. I like, literally, I'm like zooming in. I'm like, oh my god, that's a Sid Vicious yeah. quote. That's Sid Vicious. That's uh, Cypress Hill. You know, that's Bob Marley. Like you have the best t-shirts. Like what is up with that? I was like, what is your, what is your musical taste? I feel like you have like a really good spectrum. I have a spectrum. Yeah. Of course I didn't, I didn't wear one today because I had to be in something neutral for this, a work meeting and, but casual, right? So it was like casual, don't try too hard, but neutral, don't make it too, too much of a statement which rolled into an interview, which then rolled late into this interview. I was six minutes late for this interview, having a panic attack. <laughs> so I get to go put on a good t-shirt for you. And I got a brand new Oreo Speedwagon shirt that I was going to show oh, you. Oh, I know. Part of me oh, that would have been right a... Now. Mm, yeah, I, should I maybe you should. You maybe you should just change. throw it on. Just I throw it on. Hold on. You have to embrace the Oreo Speedwagon. It's sort of essential. Right yeah. Okay. I love it. <laughs> See, that's dedication right there. Literally doing an outfit change to really represent the love of music. I love it. She's my kind of girl. Oh, yes. Now we are talking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, oh yeah. now we are now the universe is complete. That is a great shirt. I think when I was a kid, I went to my first concert was the Who. Yes. And I didn't even know, by the way, I didn't even know their music. I went with a friend's her, my friend, and her older brother. It's always uh, about the older Todd, siblings. The older siblings yeah, get Todd you into Tischler. the good stuff. <laughs> Todd Tischler took myself and Alyssa Tischler to the Who concert. I don't even remember what friends he had with him. And I remember like, my head just exploded. I don't know why my parents let me go to that. I think I was like 10, maybe. Um, nevertheless, I bought a t-shirt. And I thought I was the coolest kid at school in this t-shirt because it represented the coolest experience that no other 10-year-olds went to yes. the food concert. So I think that's really where it began. Then I began collecting t-shirts. And, you know, along the way you lose shirts, people take your shirts, they get like cracked. And so I collect them and I have a few dealers that I trust. Yeah. So otherwise you can find them at a reasonable price, but they could be fake. We're going to have to share our dealers with each other because finding (laughs) the the legit vintage shirts is like hard to do. And when you get it, it's like a real score. Yeah. It's not easy. So and oh we can't my tell God. everybody though. We have to talk offline. We can't just no, give true. everybody Oh yeah, off. no, no. That's just for us. That's just for us. I love that though about the who. I love that story. It's not wild. I yeah. Know. I also saw you were wearing uh, at some point a Madonna shirt. That was another good one that I liked. Obviously, I'm a massive Madonna fan. I have three good ones. Three solid Madonna shirts um, that, I, that I cherish, I must admit. I know she's... She's definitely, you're, you're younger than me, but she's definitely kind of our generation. I yeah, think yeah, 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 for her, sure. And she was extremely influential, in, in my opinion, across a category, a spectrum of categories. 
So I definitely have three good ones. Also personally for you, right? Because you, it was the Justify My Love video that sort of opened your eyes. So, okay. So this is funny. You're going to appreciate this one. Yes. So, cause I was, I grew up at a time where, you know, nobody was gay. Nobody was openly gay and it was gross to be gay. Everybody made fun of gays. You were not gay. You know, it was like the Cosby's being the only show with black people in it in the 90s. It was like, there were no gay people on TV. It was, it was not, nobody was gay. So I developed this kind of homophobia because obviously I was gay, but couldn't even wrap my head around it enough to even sort of like, is this even possible to explore it? So I'm 17 and two things occurred within pop culture at that, at that particular moment. One was basic instinct. So I don't know if you ever saw this movie. It's what launched Sharon Stone in a big yes. way. She was in like Total oh, yes. Recall or something. So she plays like Catherine Trammell, who's a gorgeous billionaire, bisexual, <laughs> also a murderer, but nevertheless, also a murderer, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, it's part of the appeal. Yeah. I mean, she may kill you, but that's all right. It's definitely, <laughs> she's worth, she was worth dying for at the time. So She's at some nightclub and I, I'll never forget. She has this, I don't remember, by the way, my kids' names on a good day, right? That's my memory is the worst. I can't remember the first decade of my life. My mom's like, and then don't you remember that trip when you were eight? I'm like, I was eight? Like, I don't remember <laughs> anything, but I remember this movie. So she's dancing with her girlfriend or her lover, this girl named Roxy. And then Michael Douglas walks into the club. And long story short, she made it cool at that moment in time for women to be bisexual. And so you started to see girls like pretending to be bisexual because it was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, friends mm -hmm. were holding hands at nightclubs. So that softened it. I actually think that came after Justify My Love because I feel like that video came out and then the book came out. Sex came out. Yes. And um, she released Sex, which was shot by Stephen Mizell. And I was like, what? How? She's like, gross. And I, I will never forget. I had a boyfriend. I was 17. And everyone's like, why are you having such a strong reaction to this, Jill? And I was like, that's disgusting. I've lost so much respect for her. <laughs> God. I know. It's funny, but it's not. you like, like, what is it? Tragedy plus time is comedy. Like, it was tragic. This is why cancel culture is so dangerous because you got to give a kid an opportunity to explore, you know, what is wrong. There's obviously something there without like, if, if you'd gone back in time, you would have canceled me. I was a fucking homophobe completely. You didn't even know who you were. You didn't no even idea. know who you were. None. And so obviously it was my own, you know, self-loathing and fear of this that was making me this way. You got to give a kid an opportunity to discuss it and explore it without worrying. They're going to get just their life is going to be ruined and they'll, kicked out of college and all this shit. So anyway, the long and the short of it is I end up at a party. And then I think Basic Instinct came out and made it that much cooler. So I was at a party and um, it was right after the cops who beat the shit out of Rodney King got released. And we had curfews across Los Angeles. So people were kind of gathering in their houses. And this girl came up to me um, and a friend of mine that was trying to date this girl, long story short, she was gay and ended up trying to hit on me. And I was like, that's so funny because she's not, I'm not gay, but you know, that's flattering. He makes me go out with them at a later date. Cause he's like, Oh, she's not going to go unless you go, just go. I end up going and this girl ends up kissing me. And at that moment I was like, Oh no, no. You know, you, all of a sudden you have this feeling. And you haven't had, and I, I used to think like, what's wrong with me? Like, am I frigid? Like, why, why do I not have this? Like, I love men. I think they're beautiful. I love their company. I want to cuddle with them. But the minute it would get beyond that, I would kind of just, something would stop working. I couldn't figure out what it was. I was like, there's something fucking wrong with me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm defunct. I'm broken. 
And I never said anything about it. I just thought like, something's not clicking. What is it? And all of a sudden this girl kisses me and you have all those feelings. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I'm not a religious person. I don't subscribe to any kind of organized religion. I'm agnostic. I have an open mind to all of it. But I remember just saying like, God, if you exist, I do not want this. I don't want this. Please don't do this. And obviously, you know, it doesn't work that way, but it's 17. You think maybe you can have God take this from you if there is a God. And it took me years to come to terms with it. That's kind of what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't struggle with things well. I struggle with them. And then when I make it through later, I'm like, okay, (laughs) now that I'm on the other side of this, let me tell you how I handled this like a champ now. But it was a very different time and it was a real process. And I think having, Madonna, who was such an influential, strong, powerful woman that I'd respected since I was like eight years old, make it cool and okay. Yes. Helped me not be like, well, this isn't gross anymore. And it, it took some time. But here's the really wow. funny story I'm at the gym, maybe because I just moved to Miami a couple years ago. But I switched gyms recently because they had a cold plunge and Equinox didn't. Equinox, get on your shit. What are you doing? (laughs) So I switch over to anatomy and this woman comes up to me and she looks familiar. And I'm like, I know this face. And she's like, Jillian, you're Jillian, right? I'm like, yeah, hi. And she's like, I'm Ingrid. And I was like, what, Ingrid Casares? And she's like, yeah. She's like, my partner owns this gym. And I'm like, Holy shit, that's my daughter's girlfriend. <laughs> oh my God. So she has, she's the nicest, coolest lady. Wow. Um, then we ended up, Deshanna and I ended up becoming friends with her, but I was like, dude, so we're at, like, my wife's like, babe, be cool. Don't, don't, you know, be cool. We're at our very first dinner. I'm like, do you have any idea how much you guys changed my life? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be chill. I'll be chill. I love you and your girlfriend. Like, yeah. And um, she's so she's so cool and funny and sweet. But uh, yeah, I had like a full blown weirdo moment on her. How weird is that? After all these years wow. at the a gym down the street, because she's obviously from Miami. Yeah, that's so full circle. Yeah, very bizarre. Isn't that crazy, the, the, the magic of music? I mean, it really helped be the catalyst for your transformation and, and embracing who you are. I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. Music, you know, I think for everyone is, is I, I, like, I can't explain it. I wish I could, but I can give you like another scenario where I remember as a younger person, and I mean like tortured teens, um, really loving Tori Amos's music. And uh, I remember listening to Little Earthquakes over and over. I have every album. So good. I've listened to every song. And um, oh my God, this is when Scarlet's Walk came out. So I'd been obsessed with her for years. And somehow a friend knew a friend who got me in to meet her. And I remember walking into her dressing room and she turns around and I, dude, I broke into fucking tears. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what's your name? And I, I was like, Jillian. Uh, uh, I was such a mess. And she gave me a hug. And she just said to me, and I was like, your music has helped me through some, you know, like a fucking disaster. And, but I wanted to say like, your music has, was with me in some of the darkest times. Yeah. And she just goes, gave me a hug. And she was like, your message has been received. And I felt so relieved. Aww. I was like, come on now. <laughs> I wanted you to know. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and, um, That's so beautiful. I, I, my daughter went with me. I went to tape Jennifer Hudson. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago. So Lou, I love this child so much, but I'm going to be honest. God did not grace her with the gift of music, much like me. <laughs> She loves it. It's so sad. I don't know what to do. Cause like, you don't want to be that parent. That's like, ah, fuck. Like, this is not going to happen. You know, I'm like, you could just be a music lover. You could just be a music lover and it's great. So she loves Jennifer Hudson. There's like three of them and their other two are dead. Whitney Houston's gone. Amy Winehouse is gone. 
and Jennifer Hudson. This is her top. Great taste. Yeah, these are amazing picks. My ex, I don't even know what I was thinking. She's like, do you think Lou would want to go with you? And I was like, oh my God, of course. Yeah. So anyway, they put Lou in the audience and Jennifer Hudson is like, I hear, you know, your daughter is here. So I can't even remember because she won't stand up in the audience. I'm like, honey, honey, I can't find her. She's, <laughs> she's fucking sobbing. They call her on stage and she's sobbing. There's popcorn in her oh. braces. <laughs> she's been eating popcorn in the audience. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and Jennifer Hudson's like, Thank you for coming. And she's like, oh, I totally get that feeling. Yes. <laughs> it was that bad. And I, I, we got done with her. We got in the car. And she's like, well, that's why I didn't stand up because I was crying. And I was like, don't worry about it, sweetheart. I'm like, I did this to Tori Amos. It's fine. But I was thinking, except yours is on national TV. But it's all right because you're 13. <laughs> but I get it because Jennifer yes. Hudson is that awesome. I am such a massive Jennifer fan Hudson of her. Was just like, yeah. what is happening right now? There's a child <laughs> sobbing in my heart. There's something about music that just does that to people. It just, what do you think? What is that? It just moves you at the deepest core and your deepest fiber of your being. I will share a similar story. Mine's a little scary because it's a little aggressive, but I love Lenny Kravitz. And when I I was in college, he came to my school and played the big arena. And I was at the show. I'm watching the show. And all of a sudden, like he, I don't know, he just starts rocking out. Something happens to me. And I decide (laughs) that I'm going to get on the stage. And I, this, I was very athletic. I'm very athletic. I don't know how I made it on, but I somehow like jumped onto the stage and like, got around like security. I don't know. I don't know. I got on, I like, grabbed Lenny Kravitz and actually was hugging him. on the no! <laughs> I don't think I've ever shared this story before actually. Shut and up. Lenny was like the coolest. He's like looking at me. He's like smiling. He's hugging me back. And like, finally no. I did get like peeled off of Lenny, but you were um, they t- and then taken to prison or then you were okay. They, <laughs> they were okay. I think I showed them. I, I was not going to do that again. One, like from like a physical perspective, I don't know how I got on the stage. I think I did like a weird like gymnastics move. I like you like vaulted. Like, I did. I like vaulted and like stuck it like on the stage. Well, like hugging. Wow. Funny. But oh, yeah, I think I'm it's impressed. just. It's not impressive. Like, actually, I haven't never shared the story before. It is kind of impressive. That but, is one um, of the most impressive stories I've <laughs> ever heard. It's, in my life. First of all, an arena. An arena. Yeah. I mean, the guts <laughs> that you have to have. The a go for it and be like, say, come what may, you know, they can just yeah. and you were like, fuck it. It's worth it. The athleticism yeah. actually make it up on stage. Yeah. That's, I yeah. mean, that's beyond admirable. The, like the say. logistics alone. I'm not quite sure even how I did it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I like leapt through the crowd. I have no idea, but I think it's just some music does something to you. It taps into your soul to a point where you're not even like, it's like an otherworldly feeling, you know, yeah, and it's just I that do. it's it's religious. I, I'm not like you. Said, I'm not even really religious myself, but I, my, I guess music is my religion because it just gets inside of me, and it's like that's it. I totally get it. Yeah, it makes you feel yeah. connected. By the way, how did you and Deshanna connect? I'm not even sure how you guys originally met. Oh my god, this is such a tragic story, um, <laughs> but it is the story. So so uh, I will tell it. Um, Oh God. It's embarrassing from the get-go. There uh, was, is an app that was for public figures to date, right? And at the time it was like really limited and they were seeding the app by just giving out memberships to it. Uh, and it was called Raya. Heidi, my ex and I really come to an end in the beginning of 2017. And I'm contending with that for a year I'm not dating because you feel all the things right like you're a failure you've wrecked your life you've wrecked the kids lives you you know you have to unwind all of this shit and when I say all of this shit I mean like property bank everything you yeah find it how get custody how all your like it's such a fucking nightmare so it took me a full year to even consider dating because I was too busy trying to dig my way out of that. Um, so I started dating and I had a couple of bad experiences. <laughs> and I mean, like, pretty uniquely bad experiences. Um, 
Jesus. I mean, like out of a, out of a book, like they were this one girl, God, that I shall remain nameless. Um, but uh, this is an example of a date that I was on. I was like, what is that tattoo that you have? That's so cool. And she's like, oh, I'm the most proud of this tattoo. It's the day I'm the most proud of in my whole life. And I'm like, oh, and uh, I'm like, what day is that? It's the day I euthanized my ex-girlfriend. I'm like, fucking check. What? Check, <laughs> Dude, so I'm like, what? So like, her ex had cancer, and she like illegally got her someone in the family to like euthanize. I'm like, oh my fuck! I was not prepared for that. Holy fuck! Wait, it gets better. I went on another date with somebody who used who was had was in recovery from crystal meth. I know you're like, who is this bitch dating? (laughs) You never. It's like, do you ever, you know, we get in this conversation about drugs. I'm like, oh, I'm not super judgmental, but like, I really don't, you know, I just don't do them. I, I, my body doesn't react well to them. And my body doesn't. I, I, I understand, like, I, even still, like, if, if you told me that I could take psilocybin and go on a vision quest, you would get me to do it tomorrow. Like, I, I haven't touched it since I was 17, but I think there are uses in the right. I don't judge people, but it's, I'm not a big drug person, personally. I don't like, it doesn't make me feel good. So, I'm like, oh, I'm not, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't touch it, you know, but, but I, I, you know, no judgment. And she's like, well, what about, you know, something like better than cocaine? Cause I think she's like, do you do, would you ever do cocaine? I was like, no, you know, no judgment. But, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you should know the fuck I am. I have two babies. This might not and be a match. Right? Might not be a match. She's like, what about something better than cocaine? I was like, what's what? You mean Adderall? She's like, hold on. You throw my mom out. She goes, ice. And I go, what? What is ice? And she's like, crystal. And I'm thinking, how did I miss that episode of Breaking Bad? <laughs> and I, I was like, what do you call this shit, ice? And I'm like, no, I thought I've never done ice. And I check. Like, I mean, it was just one fucking catastrophe I can't, I can't. it was like one disastrous day after another that is pretty traumatic those are traumatic stories i'm not doing this anymore yeah i was like i am done and i'm in egypt with my little brother and he loved to like flip through the app to see who was on there so he's like flipping through the app and he's like, oh, look at this fine. She's so fine. And I was like, oh my God, Greg, whatever. So he's, he's like, oh, this, this girl's saying, oh, she's so fine. Oh my God. And clicks the button. Oh my God. So it matches. Your brother found your wife. My brother that found my wife. Amazing. But it's my profile. So she had marked right. my profile, but she'd marked my profile like six months ago. I never, I was never on the app. Because you were traumatized. You were traumatized from your normal experience. So I'm like, you fucking idiot. Give give me the phone. And then I see that it's Dejetta, who, you know, is gorgeous. I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah. (laughs) So the minute I see what she looks like, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on. I'm like, you just, you know, now we have to say something. We're just going to look like a weird perv. So, and I, I think it was like, it was the dumbest conversation on there. I think I, I said something like, you know, uh, some stupid, I can't even recall. It was so tragic, some cheesy pickup line. And then I was like, no, but seriously, my name's Jillian. How are you? And I'm traveling back from Egypt. So I land in London and she responded. And I was like, oh shit. And I said like, how much does a polar wear bear weigh? Enough to break. Oh, no, no, no. And then she said, like, pounds or kilos, and it's, like, enough to break the ice. That's, like, the cheesy answer. Okay. I was, like, I love that you actually answered me for asking you this question. So it became a joke, and we ended up in a conversation over this, and she's, like, text me. So I I texted her, and then I had to go to, ironically, Florida for a speaking engagement at the Hard Rock here, which I'm sure you can appreciate. And I was living in L.A. at the time, but she's, like, we start talking, and I'm, like, can I just call you? So I ended up calling her. When I landed in Florida and we talked for like three hours and she lived in New York and I lived in LA and to make a very long story short, we're four and a half years later, um, married. And this woman has been through it all with me, this poor woman. 
So, um, yeah, she's, babe, don't embarrass us in front of Ingrid. I'm like, Ingrid, oh my God. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I don't, love you. <laughs> don't wear your hair like Trump for Allison. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I actually love it. It's a side swoop. It's a side swoop. I love it. I love it. Jesus Christ. That's how we move. We do this thing called deep cuts where it's just sort of like a lightning round. Oh God. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Oh, okay. I would say Madonna and Tori Amos. Perfect. Perfect. I feel so gay saying that. I want to say like, Lip Biscuit. Is is that more gay? Fucking your day. Oh my Isn't god, it? Fred will love it. Fred will love that. Fucking Snoop Dogg. That's fuck that. Done. The gangs on the West Coast rule. All right, good. What is your favorite healthy meal and splurge meal? I'll make this acai bowl, peanut butter and goji berries and mariota berries and uh, pecans and cocoa nibs and like love it. I love all that. Love that health food shit. I'm I'm in a hundred percent. Um, my splurge is going to be booze. I, yeah, I don't eat sugar. And what I mean by that is like, I don't eat added sugar. Like I don't do brownies and ice cream and all that stuff anymore. Um, I haven't for years, probably like four or five years, but like we open, I'll I'll have a glass, like my wife made this, it's all organic because she knows I'll have a tantrum, but she's an amazing cook. So she made this Arabiata. It's all organic sauce and all organic pasta and organic Parmesan. And so I can feel really good about stuffing my face with all these carbs. Cause I'm like, well, this tomato sauce is going to cure cancer. So I, <laughs> you know, like, like a bean. Yeah. That's going to save my blood brain barrier and prevent dementia. I need these things. You know, I'm, like I'm eating all that, but I'll have a glass, like just one, maybe Four times a week, a glass of red wine, and yeah. it is just, dude, it's, I, I don't get drunk because if I drink two glasses of wine, I'll throw up everywhere. One glass of wine, I don't feel drunk at all. So I just genuinely, the taste of it. I love wine. But it needs to be a big red, like a punch you in the face. Like a cab or like, yes. yeah. I can't, yes. it has to, I don't even like a Bordeaux as much. And I want to be far more civilized and have a, a a more experienced palate, but I just don't. I need a big California cab and a glass that's like a buck big. <laughs> I want like a goblet, like a medieval times goblet with like stones on it. Like a like Game of Thrones. That's like me. <laughs> yes. What is something fans would be surprised to learn about you? I guess that I'm kind of a pansy. You know, it, like you would think during these moments, I would really be, you know, Mrs. Positivity, but I go down. I do not enjoy being vulnerable or contending with my humanity. I struggle through it every step of the way. Um, And it does not come easy to me. Growth. I do it. I embrace it. Growing, evolving, dealing with my shortcomings, but I don't, I don't have a, this, peacefulness about me that I, you know, like that guy, I mentioned this guy, Roland Griffiths. I don't have that kind of very Zen, very wise. I wish I did. I'm just a fucking mess. And then when it's done being a mess, then I can come back and look like a guru, right? And be like, (laughs) let's talk about overcoming back pain, Allison. (laughs) Dude, if you'd see me a year and a half ago, I'd be like, Allison, you can't fucking die, Allison. I think it just means you're human. I think that's just all it okay. means is that you're human. I do. I think that most people are like that. I'm I'm a very positive person. And when I'm in chronic pain and I can't be not only on my A game, but I can't even be functioning. I mean, that takes a yeah. lot of mental fortitude to get on your way. So I get it. I'm with you on that. Ugh, yeah. I wish I'd handled it better, but that's why I handled it in hindsight. That that's yeah. how- <laughs> Sharing your story, though, honestly, is actually very motivating and inspiring. Being candid about it, is, about your journey, is very inspiring. You know what the truth is? In all, all honesty, if I ended up being, if it was over, I don't know that I would have share, shared it. Because I think it's like, oh my God, she was, she was a super fit woman that 
It was trying to show us that we could age great and fight disease and have all these things. And then she never walked again. That's a sad fucking story. That's not a story. I don't know. I don't think I have the Christopher Reeve in me. And I hope to God I don't get tested to find out. Like, I, I'm much better at the whole, like, walked through fire, came out alive. That story I can tell. But, you know, I hope I, I, hope I don't get tested in that way because I, I worry I will fail that test. But um, I'm, good at, I'm good at the build back. That part I can, I'm good at. I can handle. And I also think that you're good at being honest, though, and open. Because even though you might have been ready to share that story while it was happening, the fact that you're sharing it at all is helpful and motivating and inspiring. I'm grateful for it. You're kind to say. I'm serious. I'm serious. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it. What does empowered mean to you? What does empowerment mean? Empowerment means that you have the strength to take responsibility. Because if you can't take responsibility, you can't enable a change. And I mean that very literally. If if we're looking at somebody, let's say, who's, like, by the way, people associate me, right, with helping people lose weight. Let's take an individual who's 100 pounds overweight. Okay. What brought that person to that place, I'm, I'm going to bet, is a lot of abuse. In working with people like that, you will hear horror stories of incest and physical abuse, all kinds of trauma and they will have learned to utilize food as a defense structure whether it's choosing to be a bigger size or choosing to overeat whether they realize it or not they use this defense structure um and at one point or another it was a a means of survival for them right but If we can't get them to a space mentally where they're able to take responsibility for where things are now, then they can't change. Because if you're a victim, right, you don't have the power to make a different choice. If you can't make a different choice, you can't enact a change. So empowered means that you have the the self-worth and the ego strength to say, all right, all this bad shit did happen to me, but how I responded to it has brought me to this point. So now I got to make a different choice. And that's honestly, that's what it means to me is the ability to take responsibility for where you're at in order to take the necessary actions to change that location. Yes. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control our reactions to it. Yeah, Absolutely. That cliche yeah, is so right. Real. It's so true though. It is. It's something I remind myself of every day. It's like we are in control um, and we can take control whenever we can. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you because I just, I find your entire journey from, from a child transforming yourself, you know, to a black belt and, and creating this whole career. You have sold hundreds of millions of DVDs. You have multiple books, um, which by the way, I aspire to follow in your path as much as possible. But what, is, what is something that you still hope to achieve? Oh my God, dude, how much time do you have? <laughs> you know, like, like I was in a meeting today where uh, we invested in this, this woman's supplement company. I said, we, my business partner and I, um, I fell in love with the company, fell in love with her story and invested in the company. And we've been trying to help her grow it and subsequently um, sell this company or sell a part of it to bring in um, some private equity and blah, blah, blah. The, we're close. So right in the, could all fall apart, but we're, we're at the finish line. And in the meeting, they're asking, you know, all of us, what is the vision for the company? Where do we want it to go? And I go, oh, you're really going to... I'm like, I can, I can answer this question. Um, like, oh, I want to be the premier brand for women's wellness. And I, I was like, but if I had a dime for every time, you know, you shot for the stars and you landed on the moon, I have a wine cellar full of bottles that were all bought to celebrate accomplishments I never had. Literally. <laughs> Like this shall be the one that I open when I finally win that Emmy in my chalice. In my chalice, yes. He yeah. lost, and I had the pleasure of handing it to Jamie Oliver, who, by the way, couldn't have given enough shits to show the fuck up to accept the award. Meanwhile, I'm like, 
Jamie on what the, <laughs> the winner is presented to Jamie, who didn't even bother to show up. Um, the Time 100 list, I never made. The daytime talk show, I never got. I mean, are you fucking kidding? Like, it literally is, you know, all the things that I, that I you know, didn't get, didn't achieve, didn't do. But the, the reality is usually, there's a reason. Usually rejection is some form of protection. And you know, daytime, I thought daytime was going to be this incredible vehicle where you could continue to influence people. That was back in the day when, now mind you, Oprah is a phenom. But yes. it was one of four shows on television. There was no internet. There was no DVR. We didn't have, now you can access every single bit of content ever produced in history like that. At any time. All the, yeah, like it's, now anything you do, it's a drop in the, nobody watches TV in real time. Nobody watches daytime. So even though I didn't achieve it, you, you don't know what medium that will put you in to achieve something different, something else, something that you're meant to be doing. So, you know, for me, I would, I would love to continue to build platforms for fresh talent, new faces, interesting people who are putting products and messaging in the world that I think is quote better for you. Like a perfect example would be Align Apples, this company that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I love this woman. She's a mommy of two with an autoimmune condition who went on this journey to heal her body with food. And I fell in love with the company and then learned her brand story. And I was went to my business partner and I was like, we can this this is a great product and a great brand story. We can grow this company. So I want to continue to be entrepreneurial in that way. Yeah. And focus a lot more on the business of other people's businesses, not just the Jillian Michaels brand. Um, that's exciting to me now because it's it's like seeing yourself as a stepping stone to something greater. You know, when I was younger, it was all about me. And now you realize that if you if you could just be this this wrong on a very important ladder, that's enough. You know? So there's a lot to accomplish. There's a lot I wish I had accomplished. There's a lot I could still accomplish. Um, but I would just say, you know, shoot for the stars and land on the moon. It's still a good place to be, I think. All oh, Earth is probably better. That's probably a shitty analogy. You got a long way. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. Jillian, you are a symbol of strength on so many levels uh, for so many, but for me personally. And I, I love hearing your stories. I want to hear all the stories while we're both holding a chalice of a, a <laughs> goblet of, of a cab. Like with belly laughing, like <laughs> um, I'm counting on it. I look forward to a much more civilized in-person meeting in the not too distant future. Jillian is the best. I admire her for so many reasons: her career path, her drive, her candor, how she continues to help so many people, and just how fun and hilarious she is. She's a total rock star. I love her. It is now time for my sound advice. New music you need to know featured on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist, and you could find the link to that in the show notes. First on my sound advice is the new song from Grandson out today. Grandson is an artist I have supported from day one, and I truly believe he's one of the most important new artists. He just announced his forthcoming album, I Love You, I'm Trying. It's coming this May. And in true Grandson fashion, this new song, it's incredibly dynamic. It's genre bending and makes you want to go nuts at a live show. Check out Grandson with his new song, Drones. Also on my sound advice is the latest from Aaron Jones. He is such a talented singer, songwriter, guitarist from Seattle. He also announced his album coming out this summer. It's called Chronicles of the Kid. This new song is about actively choosing to heal and transform from trauma by creating new stories and identities for both himself and his family. Aaron is such an inspiration on many levels. Listen to his latest. It's called Blood in the Water. Next on my sound advice is the latest from UK post-hardcore band, 100 Reasons. They took a hiatus and now they are back with their first album in years. It's called Glorious Sunset. The first song they wrote for this album turned out so well. It served as the catalyst for them to keep going. And I'm so glad they did because this one is my favorite. Check out 100 Reasons right there with you. 
Guys, as always, thank you so much for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every week, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. The Women's History Month celebration in March continues next week, and if you missed my conversations with Joan Jett, Cheryl Crow, and Willow, please go back and listen or watch whenever you get a moment. These women are so, so inspiring. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can watch the show on Instagram and YouTube. I would love to hear from you. So please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you are feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I would love to connect with you. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. And remember, you're a rock star. Rock star.